technologist Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in Thursday morning, February 23rd, 2023. And as we expected, the wind is howling out there. On this Thursday morning, and then combined with cold temperature, uh, cold temperatures as well, we are at five degrees right now. It uh, makes us feel plenty under zero, uh, as we probably have, probably have noticed if you've been outside or you've even heard the wind howling uh, outside throughout the course of the day today. Uh, going to get up to seventeen degrees today. Sunny skies, so we do have that going for us. Uh, but that wind is going to stay fairly strong, decreasing a little bit as we get into the evening and overnight hours before we warm up a bit tomorrow. Warm up quite a bit on Saturday, and then we're back to forties and fifties after getting through Friday. So uh, cold day today. Uh, no, no cancellations in terms of Lincoln Public School. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk at my house last night that that might be a possibility, but I said to the kids, and I said, if I may add correctly, I said, I don't think so. I don't. I, they, You've had enough. The wind chills are down, but they're not. They're not. You know, in the forty below range that sometimes they'll talk about canceling school for. So we don't have that. We're probably not going to have a lot of additional precipitation, which we didn't. Uh, it looks like we got the trace part of a trace to an inch of snow that they had been talking about. So snow wasn't significant. So really the biggest thing with the weather was yesterday afternoon and early evening when despite what we, we were hearing in the morning, Mark, when they took off the winter weather advisory, the conditions were ripe for a little rain. The temperatures were ripe for that rain to be freezing on contact with a whole lot of surfaces and it was slick for drivers but from everything i heard the biggest issue were pedestrians and people getting out of their office at work starting to get on the driveway or the sidewalk not realizing how completely slick it was i think yesterday was probably unfortunately for the people who had this an all-time record day and people just absolutely biting it in sidewalks and driveways. Yeah. It was... I fell down yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Man, I bet the yep. amount of people I were hearing that would... I, I bet I heard seven stories about that well, just and yesterday. I, and, and the thing is, around our apartment complex, I'm very careful on the, the sidewalks and the pavement. I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's super de- deceptive walking across the rocks or the grass it's like oh i'll just cut across here it's like no that's that's slick too Mm -hmm. that hurts also side streets are pretty slick yet this morning (laughs) yeah and and and, uh i was when i talked to lpd duty command they said two to three times the number of accidents overnight that they normally have on it all right well that probably gives you an idea that some of that slickness from yesterday has carried over into into this morning people just can't stop and by the way if your car was outside during that and you haven't uh uh, started it or anything you're gonna have uh, a little time to warm up and to chip ice yeah but again 
don't be doing that and leaving the car alone because people steal right. those cars. So we've continued to hear that story. Yeah, so give yourself extra time this morning. And as Mark said, particularly in the residentials, it does seem like, Mark, that uh, at least the arterials that I traveled had been treated enough to the point where uh, it wasn't as slick. Things were kind of mushing up and slushing up a bit in those areas. But there, you're definitely going to impact both walking and driving today some slick spots and some slick spots that are probably going to be deceptive and you can't necessarily see that are out there i i wonder if walk that, like a penguin yeah walk like a penguin I, I wonder if that little bit that trace of snow that we got might actually help a little bit in creating some it did on our driveway it didn't <laughs> no <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm trying to be optimistic there but but perhaps no, it, it's didn't. a little too cold i mean that that snow is just uh, as it with wind blows across, I think it's just polishing that ice That's, up and just that very well could making be the it case. even slicker. That very well could be the case. So, uh, yeah, and and probably not a, a you know a lot. We'll get that sun that'll help a bit during the course of the day. But as I said, the high is only going to be uh, up at seventeen degrees, twenty degrees in that range. So not a whole lot of melting that's going to happen today or tomorrow, despite those uh, sunny skies. It might help a bit, uh, but the rest of it is we'll, we'll go down sa- uh, Saturday, and and really by the time you get to uh, Monday, Tuesday of this week, whatever whatever snow, whatever ice that is left is going to be uh, out of a, here. A yep. not much and a muddy, gross mess. But, but the, mu- you, the mud will be back. Did you notice temperatures for next week are down from what they were a couple of days ago? I mean, we had several upper fifties, even a sixty, didn't we? Yep, you're right. We it's still it's still, still nice. It's still upper forties to mid fifties, really, for a week. Looking in advance, but yeah, not not quite not quite where we have it. I think it'll still feel. Still, still feel pretty good. Uh, good news is that the wind is going to. Uh, we're kind of peeking out with the wind right now uh, over the next couple of hours, and it will be down, and the temperature will go up. So what you're what you're feeling right now out there, and over the next two hours is about the worst it's going to be in terms of the wind chill. And, and and like I said, we're not talking forty below wind chills. We're talking fifteen below wind chills uh, with this with this whole thing. Slight chance of snow, too, maybe another trace or so in the early morning Friday and uh, throughout the early part of Friday as well. But that looks like that is not going to be significant. And and then Friday, sunny skies back out, as I said, and wind significantly down on Friday. So even though it's only going to be about 10 degrees warmer, it's going to be quite a bit better if you have to be outside on Friday. So that's your weather situation right now. Just be thankful you're not in, like, a whole bunch of other parts of the country right now uh, that we've talked about are getting absolutely walloped by a major snowstorm, and it is coming down now in some of those Great Lakes, upper northwest, or excuse me, upper uh, north parts of the country right now, and they're going to be digging out for a while after that. Um, all right, top stories today. First one I wanted to hit is uh, last night. We had some action by legislative committees on significant bills that a lot of people are following. A couple of bills that got lots of attention at the committee stage will be moving out into the legislative body as a whole. The first one is the heartbeat bill as it relates to policy on abortion that advanced out of committee four to two. 
were not significant changes made to the bill in committee, so that will go to the floor of the legislature. And then in addition, the ban on gender-affirming health care for minors also uh, advanced by that same number, four to two. So these are issues, I think unsurprisingly for the most part, but these are now two issues where we'll graduate to debate in front of the entire legislature, perhaps some amendment processes that are going to go along with that. And it was, uh, as you probably expected, when you've got a divided committee on this, a bit contentious, especially on the heartbeat bill, there's a minority, apparently a minority report that is going to be filed in the committee by those who oppose the abortion bill, which is not something that happens a lot for the most part, but this is something that they're going to do here, and we are setting ourselves up for some pretty significant debate on this down the road in the coming weeks and maybe months in the legislature. Now, we knew that was going to be the case. Yeah, not yeah. like I said. Yeah, not su- not surprising, just given the political pol- excuse me political makeup of the committee that it came out of. So um, there you go. That is uh, that's that's the latest news there in the legislature. Uh, other things making news this morning. Mark. Well, also uh, one bill that uh, I think we can say we are kind of happy about uh, the bonding bill for uh, highway construction is making progress as well. Uh, Governor Pillen, I believe, even spoke in favor of it. Yes, yeah, he testified on it, and that would be the same type of thing that uh, then. Um, Senator Mike Hilgers for the Beltway for the Beltway, yeah. and if so, if they do this, we could see the East Beltway uh, or a project similar to it. Uh, you know, within the next uh, couple of hundred years. So, <laughs> so it's, I mean, it basically goes. It changes the model a little bit from the pay as you go model that you had on this, and it's a financial tool that allows you uh, to use some of that bonding and do it more quickly. It probably shaved off a year or two. Uh, um, on the timeline of the probably, South Beltway, I think uh, the original was it was going to be completed by 2026 or seven. Yeah, maybe so, even more than that. So probably three to four years. So and and then you combine that with what happened in Lincoln yesterday, where the Chamber of Commerce got up and talked about its priorities, kind of its uh, visioning for the coming years. And they're talking about um, vitality. They're talking about growth. They're talking about all of these things, and among the the priorities uh, is is that East Beltway is the convention center. These are the things that these are things we knew, but they're kind of putting it together in a a uh, little bit more of a tidy package to announce what their priorities are going to be going forward under uh, Jason Ball, who I have on the air with us on Tuesday of next week. Other thing out yesterday, and I went and I downloaded the uh, the detailed spreadsheet on it. The uh, January gaming receipt, uh, the tax receipts uh, were released yesterday. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the total was, unless you've looked at it? Oh, man, I'm for trying to state. remember what it was for you, the state, because now you have two of them. I'm you, trying to remember, wasn't it like a little under a million for the first month, I want to say? so. Uh, well, it was like 800000 yeah. for Warhorse. For yeah. Warhorse. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, so probably up with a second casino, let's say one and a quarter million. At 1.255. Jesus, I should gamble. Yeah. Holy cow. 810,000 of that <laughs> came from the Warhorse. Um so the the breakdown on on what happens with Warhorse tax receipts, uh state general fund and the compulsive gamblers fund get just over 20,000. Property tax cash uh, credit fund gets uh, about the majority of it, 566,000. But Lincoln and Lancaster County just for January receipts each received just over 101,000. 
Yeah, uh, significant money, especially when that comes in month after month after month. And the the other thing about that, Mark, is like if you've – I went down and looked at it because I was just curious what that site looked like. I had not been out there since they started the casino gambling out there. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It's not a real inviting place visually and physically right now. It, it does not – it doesn't look like a destination location. I've got a feeling, and obviously they're going to build the hotel. They're going to build a whole lot more expanded gaming floor and all of those things. But I've got a I've got a feeling that when we get down the line a couple of years from now, Mark, that's going to be a really that's going to be a significantly just increased number for the local ones, just because it's going to become a whole lot more of a destination. You got to really kind of want to do that right now sure. to go out there. It just, well, it, it's not it's not your five star experience, shall we say? Right, and and I, I don't recall exactly the layout, but you know they'll be able to have some shows out there, like several casinos do. You know, yep. uh, have entertainment, uh, maybe even some music, those types of things, and and draw from a little larger area where people can come in from four or five counties out and stay. The the other thing that'll be interesting in the short term is the hope, at least according to casino officials, was that by next month they would have sports gambling up and running there, have a sports book in the Lincoln Casino. I don't know how they're doing on hitting that target. They would have liked, I'm sure they would like to have that up and running by March Madness because that's one of the biggest gambling events in the year for sports. And so how much just will the addition of that? Yeah, yeah that's Im- that could be huge. Impact. I also wonder, though, on that one, there are so many ways to do that without physically taking yourself to a casino. How many people are actually going to do that? Uh, I don't well, know. The, I'm sure there's people that that will prefer to be in that environment. You know, a maybe sports book has its own little, you know, yeah. m- mini culture, yep. if you will, mini environment. So, so yep. there you go. That is uh, that is the latest there. And then uh, I guess the other thing. A number twenty-five ranked basketball team defeated soundly. I, Caleb, I saw that score pop <laughs> I know, up. I know. I saw your because I was already watching the game, and I was watching because you you've got a side project that you work on. Yeah. So I knew you were busy, and I was just sitting there watching the game. I was like, Jack doesn't know what's happening, and then I saw your tweet, and you're like. Where did that come from? I hadn't been on Twitter for about an hour. I get on Twitter just to like see what's going on, and they had just posted the the tweet from the women's basketball uh, account that I follow, and it was like the little graphic and showed Nebraska just absolutely blowing out an Illinois team that handled them in Lincoln not that long ago. And, yeah, it was like a twenty to zero second half run that Illinois. And, yeah, and and Nebraska just absolutely blew them out of the water. And I was like, what in the world is going on? I was very happy to see it. Okay, but watching it at some point, it was a little unnecessary at some point. Because Jazz Shelley is taking threes with like three minutes left Whatever. in the game. They're like, nah, we're, we're going to keep shooting. Go get these. it, Jazz. Go get it. <laughs> uh, margin of victory. They, well, we've heard in the men's side about how margin of victory calculates is calculated in the net rankings. Right. So... So if you're if you're close to the bubble, I'd say anything that you can do and run Nebraska it up. probably I don't uh I know from your reporting, Caleb, 
that most of the bracketologists have had Nebraska maybe just out looking in before last night? Just uh, there, yeah. As going into yesterday, according to ESPN, they were on the what would be the next four out. So in the five to eight that's out a, range, but that's a huge bump. Then uh, Th- this is definitely kind of helpful win. for sure. So now there are some others that still had Nebraska in, but they are right on that line. Well, it's going to be that's going to be a big boon to their to their chances. And let's see, they've still got Northwestern, and that's it, right? That's it. Sunday, Northwestern, one Who's o'clock on B one zero seven three. Super solid this year. So go out, hammer them, get into the uh, conference yeah. tournament, which begins next Wednesday. That'd be get a win there, and and hopefully hitting your stride. Nebraska basketball's got a weird year. Nebraska women's basketball is a weird year. They've got some losses that are don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But then they've gone into Illinois and they've gone into Maryland yeah. and just completely housed them on the road. Yes, I don't understand. <laughs> so it is uh, if they can get if they can keep that you know and almost beat Indiana on the road, almost beat Iowa on the road. I, it's a scary team still. It can it definitely can be, and that'll make it fun during tournament time. <laughs> I think so. Congratulations to Amy Williams. Uh, Markowski, Shelley, Bourne, and the crew for getting that huge win last night. All right, we'll take a break. 625, Caleb's got a full sportscast coming up next on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Urologist Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, a couple quick notes before we do that. I've got to give you a preview here of what's coming up. Uh, Generation Collaboration rolls on season number four. Uh, this potentially the season where the X's and or the Boomers get their revenge on the Millennials. We'll see if that continues. Man, we're not doing so hot. Today so. at 17. Do you have an updated uh, standings for us on this? Uh, yeah, we haven't played in a couple of weeks, but the uh, if I can scroll down and find oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were canceled by snow last week. Uh, but I, uh, I, I yeah. So Gen X is three and four. Okay. Millennials are one and two. Okay. Boomers are two and six, and Gen Z is not awake. Okay. So there you go. That's where we stand. We've got a few more weeks left. We haven't set up end date for sure on this, but we usually go for a couple of months. It's yours this. to lose. How do you feel? It is. I feel good. I feel confident. I don't think we've played up to our potential, and so I think we're going to peak late in the season. Uh, on this one, and I feel like we're taking home the first championship for Gen X's and hopefully getting somebody, a Gen Xer, some tickets today, whether it be to the Nebraska-Minnesota men's um, basketball game. Nope, these tickets are for the senior night. Oh, even better. Tuesday, oh, that's a better Michigan game. State. All right, so we don't have don't have the Minnesota tickets. Uh, so this is the Michigan. Michigan what to our Minnesota State. tickets? I don't know. I someone probably took them. Okay, upstairs. Min- All right. So there, <laughs> thank you for correcting me. That'll be, but j- maybe a better game to go to uh, the Michigan yeah. State game on Tuesday night. Well, they'll be honoring the uh, seniors, and where I have requested that the entire crowd uh, chant in Japanese to keep Kase Tomonaga here one more year. 
Yes. And of course, we still got a bunch of tickets to uh, Journey and Toto. Journey and Toto. So if you, you would rather have that or the basketball tickets are gone, you can win those. So be listening for the cue to call. It is, uh, and, and again, low pressure game. You have a partner, hopefully a partner who's very smart, uh, who can answer all the questions about your generation and cruise you to a win and uh, get you some of those tickets for Tuesday night. That's going to be a hot place to be. And I'm a little jealous of you because I can't go. I'm not allowed to go to that game. You're not. I'm... Tuesday night, I will not be able to say goodbye to Sam Greasel and Derek Walker. Uh, that will not be an, uh, afforded to me. Because you can wave I am... at your TV. <laughs> wave at your radio. As the you, good uh, news is I've been to four other senior nights for Derek Walker, so I feel like I've... <laughs> You've already said goodbye. <laughs> I feel like for him, I probably it's probably okay, but... Yes, Grease and Bam. You went. Out. You probably I, went to uh, Greasel's high school senior night. Yeah, I, I bet I. I probably <laughs> was. I probably was there. So I've already said my goodbyes. In I will be at years. both, both Saturday and on Tuesday. And you can try the new order at your seat uh, DoorDash thing when you when you go to those games too. Do you think I can do that from the from the media area? From the media. Well, I still have to go pick it up though, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't so bring you it. Probably out. can. You probably can do that. So if they put in those bank funnels, at least put one into the media area. Be listening for the cue to call at seven ten, about a half hour from right now, and get in. That's always a lot of fun, and you can play along while you're while you're driving. If you don't have the guts to get yourself to put yourself in the arena, but I I need you smart Gen Xers. I need you to be really thinking about calling today. That's what I really need. I want to get over just the smart ones, not you. If you're dummies. not, if yeah, if you're not. <laughs> Jack can you you pretty much can carry somebody. Yeah, if, you, if you're not the sharpest tack, I'd rather maybe you just play along. <laughs> oh, jeez. Play along by yourself in your car. Wow, you you are you are really like all in on winning this one. Excellence. That's what I want to see. Excellence. Uh, l- yeah, later, Gen excellence. Later in the no, I get it. Later in the show, G- Generation X to, with no, excellence. Fully comprehend it. It Good. was it was fine. <laughs> later in the show, grow Lincoln team. Uh, going to talk about new restaurants, retail businesses, opening, closing, moving, and Greg Sharp. Uh, we had he was off last week too, as he was traveling to San Diego. We're going to ask him what the heck happened in San Diego. Oh man, ask a baseball oh three and one start to start out the season. Not what you wanted, man. You hope to come out of there. You hope to come out of there. Uh, you know, maybe worst case scenario at five hundred after that whole thing, and probably should have come out at 500 given where they were yeah. in those last two games. He and Ben didn't have a whole lot of uh a whole lot of explanation for the weekend after Oof. especially after Monday's tie. Yeah, I am I'm looking forward to talking to him and and hopefully maybe to give me a little bit more optimism about what's coming with Nebraska baseball as uh they get on the road again this weekend and uh who is it uh this weekend? South Alabama. South Alabama. All right. The only school where you can chant USA in the stands and you mean multiple positive. And then things. everyone can chant USA That's together. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, it's hard to say that yeah, I don't like them. I'm not gonna chant that. But you're trying to drown out the USA chant? Exactly. Exactly. Sound off time. Uh let's start well, let's couple the start with a couple of uh National government-related news things. Uh, finally, finally, his critics will be uh, assuaged, I guess, because Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg 
is finally going to Ohio. Criticized for not showing up and over the federal government's response, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is traveling to East Palestine, Ohio today. His office says to assess rail safety needs. Almost three weeks after a toxic train derailment disaster and one day after former President Trump met with officials there, donating a stockpile of cleaning supplies and water. To show our love and support for our fellow Americans and this hour of need. Also promising to return if the federal government and Norfolk Southern Railway doesn't do their part. The visit two days after the EPA also announced a transition from emergency to a longer term cleanup phase. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. When uh, It is interesting when, they're, when, when you're getting criticism like that for not just going there. Like, why don't you just go there? Yeah, <laughs> just, just go. Just why don't you just go there? Like, why are you? At least, like, because then. What is the. <laughs> and and eventually he did. Right. But I wonder what the, what the reason is. I mean, but I, even if your, your response to the situation isn't the best or people can kind of poke some cracks into it, at least you can remove the part of, well, you've never even shown up. Right. Yeah, like, that, like what, I mean, what was the point of not going there that's, at some point? Uh, and maybe there he has Earlier. reasons that it was going to be more effective if he waited for a later date for for whatever reason. But yeah, that's uh, people are saying go there, and then people are criticizing me now for going there. And all I got to do is make a phone call, and I can go there. I think I'm gonna go there. Did you listen to uh to Trump's speech from there? Uh, I heard, I saw some clips like tweeted about it. What was there something talked about? Big Ten football. What? He talked about Ohio State. Oh, okay. Right. Because he was like, they, they, they weren't going to play football. Your, your beautiful Ohio State wasn't going to be playing football, but I, I called the Big Ten. Look at Trump getting in there in a, uh, in a swing state or somewhat of a swing state for that, for that opportunity there. Oh, and speaking of that, got a, uh, Iowa has a, uh, has a new visitor here other than, you know, sadness. Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> they played bad last night. It is. Sorry, <laughs> Tim Scott, he's the new, you, you got kind of a new Republican candidate du jour every day right now, whether they've officially announced or not. Uh, but if they're spending time in Iowa, I think you kind of got an idea. They're probably mm-hmm. going for this thing. Senator Tim Scott told a crowd at Drake University in Des Moines that optimism and hope in America is dying and the next crop of leaders needs to have faith in Americans. He focused on tax cuts, school choice, defending police, and talked about how growing up poor and black in South Carolina helped shape his conservative views. He said to those on the left, You can call me a prop. You can call me a token. You can call me the N-word. You can question my blackness. You can even call me Uncle Tim. Just understand, your words are no match for my evidence. He said he was in Iowa on his Faith in America tour to listen to constituents before deciding on any next steps. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. Uh, let me say something. Let me say something about Tim Scott. Is he is he low key? Uh, if assuming he gets in, is he low key the best shot out of Trump and DeSantis? I think he might be. No, I'm, kind of, I'm kind not, of a sleeper pick. I'm not commenting on my personal preference. I'm just saying if I had to pick someone to sort of rise out of the field mm-hmm. as that third candidate, and I think you look at Trump and DeSantis one, two in some some fashion right now, but I don't. The Pence thing doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know Nikki Haley. 
I don't know, maybe um, Mike Pompeo. Why would you go with Pompeo if Trump's in the race? Right. Um, Glenn Youngkin, Larry Hogan, uh, you know, Christy Nome, those those sorts of. I, I think I'm Tim Scott. I, I, I think I'm that he is going to be. I assume it'll be Trump or DeSantis, but if, That's one if I had have a third one, I think I would pick him for my third for my third choice. Here's the question that I third have. prediction. I'm not again, but not my own choice. And I know others do this, but just because Tim Scott, we just had him on on his Faith in America tour, like he's a country artist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just, I, just like naming their their speaking tour. Right, yeah. Uh, so there you go. He is uh, spending time in Iowa, which a lot of politicians are doing right now. Uh, this winter storm, we, we talked already about the Lincoln situation, and, and if you missed it, that is uh, some pretty pretty significant icing yeah. last night during the afternoon and the evening. And still and now, this morning. And, and still remains. now like it melted or, or refroze really overnight because it stayed cold. Today, the advisory has to do with the wind chill, and right now we're at 4 degrees with a wind chill at 14 below as it stands right at the moment. That will improve probably after we get through about 9 o'clock here this morning. But other parts of the country, and really large swaths of the country, are dealing with significant snowfall this morning. At least 25 states right now are under some sort of winter weather alert. Seven of them are under blizzard warnings, including the Los Angeles area for the first time since 1989. The Midwest, especially Minnesota, is expected to get the worst of it, though. Minneapolis declared a snow emergency ahead of the storm as they brace for up to two feet of snow. People are told to expect ice, of course, snow, extreme cold, rain, and sleet. This is already impacting travel in a big way. More than and 1,700 flights were canceled Wednesday, and over 6,400 were delayed. And as of this morning, there are already more than 1,300 cancellations and over 400 delays, with more expected as the system advances across the country. Sorry about it, Los Angeles. Los Angeles winter storm warning. Jeez. My goodness. Now, uh, here's where you're glad you're in Lincoln, Nebraska, or at least you may be. If you're kind of at that point in the winter where you'd rather not have a bunch of snow around, uh, we only got a trace here last night of snow. That didn't materialize into anything, which was basically what had been forecast. And I'm going to say by, I don't know what, Caleb, Monday, Tuesday, probably, it's going to be nothing but the areas where the snow was like piled up, where it's going to be remaining after yeah. after those are done. You're going to get the sun out on Saturday, another 50-degree day. It's already way down in a lot of these places. We didn't get a lot more. And we get another, what, three, four days with at least some sun, temperatures in the upper 40s, lower 50s, and it's going to be brown grass and mud as far as the eye can see. Now, I, I thought about you yesterday while I was planning out my day, Caleb, because you were talking about the shift from mud to frozen ground. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my dog out. Uh, he he needs a little bit more robust exercise than he gets when he takes a, a walk for a half hour with me. So I decided to take him out to the dog park over there by Holmes Lake. And I was super excited because I got there. And if, if you're somebody who uses the dog run, it's always nice when it's not busy there because you just have free rent of the place. You don't have to mm-hmm. worry about the dogs. 
interacting with another dog and potentially annoying the owner. And, and that's, that's the biggest drawback of those things. So there was nobody there. So I was thrilled. I could just walk, didn't have to have him on a leash. Yeah. You could go where he wants. And I was like, and he won't get so muddy. What I did not count on was him walking into the little stream of water. Uh huh. Uh huh. What are you doing? You got to watch out for for a couple different. What spots. are you doing? Why are you walking in the water? It's very cold out here, and so it was it, available. It was not as successful <laughs> as I as I hoped it would be. Remember that huge Mega Millions jackpot in January? We were tracking that yeah. got over a billion dollars. Well, we knew where the winning ticket was sold, but now someone has stepped forward and they have collected their winnings. What does that look like exactly, and how have they handled it? Take a listen. The winner of a $1.35 billion Mega Millions jackpot is still a mystery, only now a lot wealthier. $723,564,144 richer before taxes, collecting a cash lump sum payment. Maine lottery officials say the winner of the January 13th drawing is choosing to remain anonymous through a trust, and a representative says that person is thoughtfully considering the best uses of the life-changing prize. The owner of the hometown gas and grill in Lebanon, where the ticket was purchased, sharing half of the store's $50,000 prize with employees. Lillian Wu, Fox News. All right. All right. So each employee going to get maybe a maybe a $800 or $1,000. I don't know how many employees a gas station like that has. but I doubt they have. Maybe, well, maybe bump, maybe get 1500 bucks yeah. out of that thing. But seven hundred plus million dollars pre taxes. Cut that in half if you want to right. Right, to figure it out. And you're talking about three, three fifty, three hundred fifty million bucks. But that's the move that they say to do, right? If you if you're yeah. one of the big winners, yep, a- accept and it via get trust. all those taxes paid and get down to to exactly uh, what you've got that's liquid at that point and be anonymous. Put it in a trust. And start going at it. Start doing whatever you want, at least in terms of things that can be impacted by money. Maybe you want to use mobile order to buy 100 tacos. Yep, there you go. I'd definitely do something like that. (laughs) Uh, We have uh, now entered into Ash Wednesday was yesterday, and so we're into the Lenten season. And uh, some people who, uh, who follow it decide at this point to give something up for the next several weeks until we get to Easter. A little bit more on that from C.J. Papa. Officially, the season of reflection begins on Ash Wednesday, which this year falls on February 22nd and lasts 40 days. It marks the time Jesus spent fasting in the desert, dealing with the temptation by Satan in the Bible. During this time frame, millions of Catholics and Christians give up something they love, like cookies, candy, alcohol, watching TV, or social media. I gave up drinking one year for Lent, and I didn't look better, I didn't I didn't feel better. I didn't sleep better. I'm over it. I always give up sweets. Sugar. Lent is a season of reflection and sacrifices. It's also observed differently by multiple religious denominations. CJ Papa Fox News. Now that's somebody who really understands the deeper meaning behind Lent right there. Gave up booze for one year. Nothing really was that much better when I did that. Never doing that again. She treated Lent like it was a New Year's resolution. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what? I said I was going to be healthier this year. (laughs) What was in it for me, exactly? And and I didn't. I'm a little more spiritual now, but I didn't look any better. That was hilarious. (laughs) 
All right, uh, two more. I want to tomorrow get to a little bit of the entertainment. Well, the first one is kind of entertainment slash sports news. Maybe you saw this. Netflix announced a new documentary coming out this summer, and I think people, anybody with even a passing interest in the NFL is going to be really interested in what this thing looks like. NFL regular season and Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs is among three QBs to be featured in the docu-series that will air this summer on Netflix. Mahomes wore a microphone for every game last season, and that footage will be included. The docu-series will also feature Vikings QB Kirk Cousins and Falcons signal caller Marcus Mariota. The three players were filmed at home and on game days during this past season. Legendary QB Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions will help produce the series. I'm Eric Messersmith, Fox News. All right, that much miking during a game, I'm kind of interested. I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Anyway, Marcus Mariota, was, was he the backup for, who did he, was he always oh, with the Falcons this year? I forgot. I right. had to think about who he even played for. Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's he right. There, he started the he beginning, the, Titans, the beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then, last but not least, I think we knew this was the case. I I think we knew that whenever the next Stranger Things uh, season comes out in and it's I know it's in twenty twenty four. I don't know the exact date yet. I don't think that's been announced. But just to, just to clarify, we know for sure now. That's it. That's oh yeah. That's the last yeah. one. Stranger Things star David Harbour sounds ready to focus on the future after playing Jim Hopper since the Netflix series launched in July of 2016. Harbour, who starred in the Christmas film Violent Night and the streamer's upcoming film We Have a Ghost, told Discussing Film in an interview that at one point he assumed he would never want Stranger Things to wind down. However, he has since come to terms with the show from co-creators Matt and Ross Duffer having had a successful run ahead of its fifth and final season he said now we're almost nine years from filming the first season and i think it's time for it to end but it is of course very bittersweet michelle polino fox news i think they've kind of wrapped the story like they've got it pretty close for one more season right yeah and at some point these kids who were kids at the beginning are just adults now and it doesn't quite have the same the same ring to it also it's like it's uh it, it, and that's one of the things that they'll they'll take jumps in how old they look from season to season and i think this next season starts right where the last one left off i think it's supposed to and i'm and these kids are the type of an age where one year makes a huge difference in how you right. look so well, well we and started how you talk and we started out with l and she was in like uh right. like fifth grade and guess what she's drinking now <laughs> right <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, excited. That's still a long ways away, though. Not till 2024 until yeah. they're going to have that one. I'm going to forget the entire series. I'm going to have to rewatch it at that point. Start halfway sounds. through the first episode again. All right, 656. That is it for your sound off. 15 minutes till Ticket Thursday and uh, Generation Collaboration. So be listening for that cue to call play. Win yourself some tickets to Nebraska basketball or concerts at PBA. We'll take a break. Check in with the Capital Humane Society next on KLIN. When meteorologist Malcolm Byron. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, Matt Mitchell joins us from Capital Humane Society. Morning, Matt. How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Good. Let's hear about the pets that you got this week. So first off, we have McNubbin, and he's approximately <laughs> one to two years old. He's a husky mix, neutered male, solid white in color, and he weighs about 52 pounds. Ooh. He came in as a lost dog, and nobody came to claim him, but he's a tripod, so that means he's only got three legs, and it doesn't slow him down one bit. He can still outrun you, and he can probably outrun you and your other dog. 
he definitely <laughs> definitely likes to play with other dogs his size. So do really well in a home that has a active canine pal that he can uh, run around with and uh, chase around. All right, very good. What else? And then we got Taffy. So Taffy's about five years old. She's a domestic short hair brown black tabby, spade female. Weighs about 12 pounds, and she was surrendered to us. She's an independent cat, uh, definitely likes to keep an eye on things and uh, give you attention on her schedule. Uh, she would probably do well in a home that's a little quieter, uh, no canine pals and uh, no young children, because she definitely likes to be the one that's in charge. Very nice. All right. Uh, how do people make adoptions? So Pylock Pet Adoption Center, we're out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5, so folks can come out anytime that we're open. Great. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week, all right? Have a good one. You got Matt Matchar from the Capital Humane Society. Generation Collaboration is next on KLIN. We'll look across anything that gets in your call the traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, still, still, we got, we got it now. I was just going to say, we're still looking for that fourth caller, 402-479-1400. Get in line after number four and you uh, can play Generation Collaboration. Here's how it works. It's... Not hard. You uh, team up with either Mark, Caleb, or myself based on what generation you are. You try and answer five questions about that generation, and then one extra one from another generation. If you're able to get all six of those, you win uh, a ticket of your choice, at least for the first caller, to Nebraska basketball versus Michigan State senior night, Tuesday night at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Going to be a raucous, exciting night. Huge game for Nebraska. Uh, And those tickets are getting harder and harder to get, so you can uh, pick that, or you can pick... A uh, chance to go see, not a chance, a pair of tickets to see Journey and Toto at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And that should be a great concert, too. So, uh, your choice, but you got to win. And more importantly, I think, for bragging rights, perhaps take your generation to a victory and shut those millennials down after having won the first three seasons of this. In I think with an asterisk on all three of them, but nonetheless... Nonetheless, get the win, get the bragging rights. So 402-479-1400. Got room for you to get in line after our first caller, and that is Grant. Good morning, Grant. How are you doing today? Yeah, this is Brent. Brent, oh, sorry. I, I uh, yeah. just, uh, we just. My we bad. Didn't hear. All right, all right, Brent. Sorry about that. Uh, all right, Brent, what uh, what generation do you identify as? I'm an Xer. All right. Let's get a dub right off the bat here for the X's. And I and Gr- and Brent are ready for our questions. Let's do this, Brent. This movie is a Stephen King adaptation about a rabid dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Which one is that? Is that, is that Pet Cemetery? Is it? Let's see. It's not Misery. Um. What other Stephen King is, it, is Cujo a Stephen King thing? I don't know. I'm not okay. familiar. I uh, just know he does kind of horror stuff. Yeah, he does horror stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll say I didn't think it was a, that was a Stephen King thing, but Rabbit Dog first thing that comes to mind is Cujo. So I'll say I'll say Cujo. Yep, Cujo. Yeah, right. okay. I don't know. I, didn't I right away I was like, come on. All right. I, I mean, I know. One. I just I knew that was about a rabid dog. I just didn't know it was. I'm scared of those movies. Number two. Watch. All right. 
A pair of federal agents investigate the paranormal in what sci-fi drama? Uh, I know that one. It's uh, it's X Files. That sounds good. Yep, X Files. Yeah, correct. Oh, talk about a give me. What company? Me. Yeah. What company produced the most widely used self-developing camera system? Either Kodak or Polaroid. probably Polaroid. Polaroid. Yeah, po- yeah Polaroid. Polaroid. Yeah, Polaroid. Uh, don't want. Don't you want me? Was the number one hit single from what electro pop group? Oh God! I was working in a waitress as a cocktail <laughs> bar. That much is true. Is that uh, the Human League? Human League. Thank yeah. you. I knew if I sang it, it would pop into somebody's mind. What media mogul famously sported a smoking jacket and a sailor's cap? Ah, uh, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> is that your final? You agree with that one? Yep, we'll go with that. Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Hugh Hefner. Yes. Uh, I would I would recommend we go to to millennials, but we can. It's your choice for our last one. We can do one of the other generations. You want boomers or millennials? Uh, millennials. Yeah, I'm better at those. Okay, <laughs> I got to look at these. All right. Don't, okay. All right. Let's this is the first one. I'm. What's the name of SpongeBob's arch nemesis oh, that no. owns the churn bucket, the chum bucket? <laughs> this is. Ju- I didn't have a kid during this time, and I wasn't. Chum bucket. You don't. Do you know it, Brad? Uh, squidly is. I recognize. Uh, there's a squidly or something. Is that it? Is there? At first, I was thinking Smithers or Smothers, but I think that's, that's from that's Simpsons. Uh, Bart Simpson. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's mm-hmm. Krabby Patties, Crab Cake. I know there's a Squidly thing. Squidly thing. Squidly. That's my best guess, though. I am sorry. I feel um, terrible. Is no, Squidly no. your final answer? <laughs> Do you have anything better you want to go with? No, yeah, let's go with that. Oh, man. This makes me... First of all, you're thinking of Squidward. The answer Whatever. is Plankton. Plankton. <laughs> that hits me. We all have a gap in our 20s after we get out of kids' shows. Oh, that was awesome. That we're aware of, and before we no, have our no, own no, kids, no excuses, and that you falls just didn't right make it. in that for you me. Just, I don't know anything. It's another L. SpongeBob was never. I am the of the age where SpongeBob completely missed me as a parent and as a child. Sounds like somebody uh, didn't like the uh, millennial question. Oh, Probably should have went with the boomer one for were, a change. Oh, well, I mean, millennials would ever call yeah, in yeah, other yeah. than one. You would have. Um, you would have gotten the boomer question. <laughs> What I what was oh, it? Just out of curiosity, probably F Troop. Uh, in, uh, including postseason, what was the overall record of the undefeated nineteen seventy two seventy three Miami Dolphins? How many games did they play then? Included so probably sixteen during the season. Uh, I don't know, nineteen and oh? Seventeen and oh. oh, I want to miss that too. Jeez, I'm terrible. And now James is calling in, and and I assume uh, it's the James. I think it is. Good morning, James. Good morning, yes, it, and Jack. It is. Okay, you would have got that SpongeBob one, huh? I didn't. I oh. didn't know it. Oh, okay. Wow, that makes me feel a lot better. All right. Well, uh, that means it's time for the uh, the millennials. So I got to get my millennial card here to ask you guys your questions that you hopefully will get wrong. Yeah, we'll find right. out. They released. The, where was this one? They released the 1992 hit single "Hip Hop Hooray." <laughs> James, that's naughty by nature. Okay, let's go with that. Hip hop, hooray! Ho, hey, ho! Yeah. 
This company's ads feature three frogs croaking its name. Oh, Budweiser. Bud. Bud. Budweiser. Wow. Uh, What upscale... You guys are screwed. What upscale designer shoes feature signature red soles? (laughs) Excuse me, what? What... Upscale designer shoes feature signature red soles. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I have no You're idea. Out. Dude, I wouldn't even. I'm uh, having trouble thinking of even a designer. Yeah, you guys are right. This is a wildly hard question. Well, thanks for admitting that. Finally. <laughs> yeah. See. I, yeah. I, I. I don't know. Let's say Jimmy Choo. Uh. No. It is. Christian Lobouten. That's a made-up name. That's a made-up that person. Great. That's a lie. Man, I was. This was going so bad, and then all of a sudden, completely how, redeems itself. How, how, how designer were they? They were primarily sold at Neiman Marcus. Who knows that? A Google. Is there anybody? Yeah, a Google would have. Anybody have known that had they been playing oh, any and a millennial? All right. Uh, not baby questions, I admit it. Yeah, Steve, good. Uh, Steve is next. Good morning, Steve. What generation? Uh, boomer. All, all right. right. We all get a play. We all get a chance. Uh, Caleb, you got the questions. Go yes, I do. All right. For Mark and Steve, in 1958, this rock and roll pioneer was drafted into the U.S. Army as a private and served for two years. Elvis. Gotta be Elvis. And it is Elvis. Kirk Douglas plays the lead in this movie set in ancient Rome. Uh, I think that's Spartacus. That is Spartacus. Nice job. Technically called a linear predictive coding speech synthesizer, what handheld toy asks users to spell a spoken word? What? Say that again. Yeah, could you repeat that? <laughs> there, there's a lot of words. Okay. Technically called a linear predictive coding speech synthesizer, what handheld toy asks users to spell a spoken word? Speak and spell? Yeah, that's, Speak and spell is right. That, wow. Nice job. <laughs> that is, nice job. There was a lot happening I think I there. actually would have got that, but I had to think for a little while. I didn't have a clue. Each episode of the Rockford Files begins with a camera shot of what? Ooh. Is that a car? Uh, I I have no clues, so yeah, when we say a car. No, it was answering machine. An answering machine, really? Really? Huh. Alright. Didn't watch enough Rockford Files. Back in the day. 402-479-1400. Will anyone win? Each generation has taken an L of varying, varying embarrassment right now. I at least got to the extra point, but the uh, millennials and the boomers no, couldn't no, no, even no, get no, no. through their You cars. at least got to the extra point and then could not name a SpongeBob uh, SquarePants I character. Know, I don't. I see all those memes and stuff with SpongeBob, <laughs> and I don't even really get them. I don't know what... what all right. Gary is next. Gary, what generation? Let's do it. Uh, Redemption. Here we yep. go. Making her film breakout role at 14 in Taxi Driver, this actress went on to be a teen idol. God, Taxi Driver. 
Criminy. I have no idea. Uh, breakout roll at 14. Taxi driver. A teen idol. A female teen. You said she? It's yes. a female? Making her? Yeah. Taxi driver. What year was taxi driver? I'm trying to think who that might have been based on just the... And who were teen air idols of the era? Uh, I want like I don't think this is it. Probably too old. I was Alyssa Milano, but she would have been she would have been younger than that. So it's probably not her. It's somebody who's a little bit older, um, like Brooke Shields or somebody like that. Maybe that could maybe that could be it. I don't know. You want to? All right. How about Brooke Shields? Sorry, Jody Foster. Jody Foster was a teen idol. Okay, that, that, that's not a that's not an X question. I know. Uh. By the way, asterisk James texted in and said, "I just Googled it, and those are some ugly A shoes." <laughs> <laughs> if we can take a little right. victory, in that. <laughs> nobody can get a win. This is like uh, this is like teams playing Nebraska ball in the last two weeks. It's all else. Uh, all right, Charlie. Maybe Charlie can do it. Charlie, what generation? Uh, boomer. All right, All right. Mark. Get All it. right. Let's see. We'll, get we'll it. give it a roll. What influential country music star died in a plane crash at the age of 30 in 1963? Um, Patsy Klein. That is Patsy Klein. Ooh. And since you yeah, like good uh, musical questions so much, what musical sitcom stars Shirley Jones and David Cassidy? Oh, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> the Partridge family. <laughs> yeah. Right? Shirley? Yeah. yeah. Partridge family. What sci-fi series starring Lee Majors is based on a novel called Cyborg? Um, Six Million Dollar Man, wasn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely it. And that is correct. Yep, yep. What 1970s fashion trend was characterized by simple and often dirty clothes? (laughs) Simple and dirty. (laughs) Hippie? Is that a fashion trend? Hippie. It's got to be the tie, hippie tie, Tie-dye? Is that close? Yeah. Oh, no! Punk. Punk. You, you punk. We are not going to get a win punk. for any of us. This is sad. Has the game gotten too hard? Have we gotten dumber? What is going on? we got to open phone lines because everybody's scared to play it, and I don't blame them. <laughs> 402-479-1400. Uh, we got time for maybe one or for two. One. Probably one. one just here. one. One last shot at getting those Nebraska basketball tickets uh, against Michigan State. Whatever generation you are, whoever you want to partner with, 402-479-1400. This is it. But I I fear we've scared it. No, we haven't. We got somebody back. Good morning. KL. Oh, okay. It was ringing. Here, get that line, too. That'll be it. Oh, hung up on them. Nope. Nobody we there. All right. Uh, good morning, KLIN. Who's this? Ross. All right, Ross. Generation? X. All right, let's go. We'll, I'm, we'll go fast. Let's Ooh, go. Uh, it's a classic arcade game in which you try to cross a highway in a river. Uh, Frogger. That's Frogger. Yep. Legendary athlete Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is known for playing which sport? Basketball. Basketball. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. This one's easier yet. Which guitar legend played the solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It? Uh, Eddie Van Halen. That's your answer? Uh, I think yeah. so. Jeez, now you're scaring me. <laughs> On Saturday Night Live, David Spade popularized yes. what catchphrase while acting as a flight attendant? Uh, bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. 
Bye. <laughs> Which critically acclaimed filmmaker directed the horror classics Videodrome, The Fly, and Naked Lunch? Oh, God. Spielberg? Uh, would, would he have done horror movies? The I fly. think he did The Fly. I'm not okay. sure. All right. I'll go with it then. Spielberg. No! David Cronenberg. I would have never got that. Sorry. That's it. That's just a bunch of losers. But at least it's all of us. <laughs> if we're going to lose, we're all We didn't lose. give away. We, I mean, the game's on Tuesday. Have to do it tomorrow. <sighs> well, or we could go do it Monday, too. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll find a way to give them away. <laughs> do you want to update the standings? Uh, no. The standings haven't changed. <laughs> so uh, Gen X, 3 and 7. That's a uh, 30% win percentage. Millennials, 1 and 3 with a 250 win percentage. Uh, boomers. One, wait a minute. Batting one, 200. One, 1 and 3 is 333. No, 1 out of 4 is 250. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said All right, 1 go out ahead, of 3. Fin- go ahead and finish. Uh, and then Boomers, then Gen Z still are not awake. It's like I got. I feel like I got it. I got it, and then one stupid question that's about a move, a movie directors or a fashion designer. Okay, Squidly. So frustrated. Seven twenty-five. <laughs> Tell with Jack and friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your end. All right, welcome back, and it is time to count them down. The five things you're going to be talking about today. So, without any further ado, we're going to get things started with. Number five. Until noon, the windchill advisory will be in effect. It covers Seward, Lancaster, and Saline counties. Windchills could be as much as 20 below before we start to get our temperatures up. We're still at four degrees with a windchill of 15 below right now. Uh, pretty slick overnight, especially on untreated streets. Uh, just about any untreated surface, uh, though very slick. Uh, due to the freezing drizzle that we had late yesterday afternoon, uh, LPD did report about two to three times the number of accidents they have on a typical evening overnight uh, because of that. So, say, duty commander told me, he said, people just going too fast couldn't stop. It, it just happened. City crews have been out. Uh, they've been applying to the arterials, snow bu- routes, uh, bus routes, and all of that. And those are pretty good shape considering all that we've been through. I am hearing uh, anecdotal news of, yeah, people still eating it today. Uh, And by that, eating it, I mean getting on those surfaces, trying to walk, and having them be much slicker than you think. So if you've got kids who walk to school or walk anywhere, be aware of that for for certain here. And, And like you said, driveways, residential streets, in terms of driving, uh, parking lots are uh, are probably going to be the biggest hazard areas. But there, as we learned yesterday, if you were out yesterday, uh, especially if you were out walking, but it's driving in some places too, there are some deceptively really slick spots. And yeah, I wonder. I wonder of the biggest impact from the last I don't know twelve hours of weather, eighteen hours of weather is going to be just injuries people have yep. gotten from walking around, slipping and, and, and slipping and falling. Yep. At this point, because I think I've heard tons of stories about that already, and that includes this morning. So, uh, but as uh, as we know by now, it went ahead and they uh, did have did have school with this. The wind chills are are certainly cold, but we're not sort of in that like school canceling territory for bad wind chills when you're talking like 35, 40 below. 
Right now we are at 15 below. Things will warm up throughout the course of the day, so we eventually are going to get into the teens today, uh, mid-20s tomorrow. Sunshine, we are. I mean, you already see it now. Sunshine both of those days. Sunshine on Saturday, though, and up to 50. So just to, again, word of caution, just remember during the day, when you go outside, when you get out of your car, when you walk on your driveway, anywhere, that walk like a penguin. Walk like a penguin, because if you take that full step, and we've all felt that helplessness, you start to feel it, you're like, oh no, I'm going down, I'm going down. Let's see if we can mitigate the damage as much as possible by the way that we fall. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 can be, uh, it can be a big issue today, so be careful out there. Uh, anything else to add to that, weatherwise, Mark? No, that's pretty yeah. much it. All right. Let's get number four. Let's get done with this winter weather, shall we? Uh, the legislature's Health and Human Services Committee heard uh, a few testy exchanges, but they went in and advanced the bill last evening to make abortion less accessible. It would also ban minors from obtaining gender alter- uh, altering procedures. Both votes four to two. One senator, Lynn Walls of Fremont, was absent. Uh, she was in executive session. Six, uh, LB-626, the abortion bill, Nebraska Heartbeat Act, would effectively ban the procedure after about six weeks. And the Let, Let Them Grow Act uh, would block any gender alteration procedures prior to a person's 19th birthday. So the, the abortion bill, 626, uh, also known as the heartbeat bill, obviously, well, not obviously, I guess, but it's stricter than that, as you said, that current abortion ban at 20 weeks um the estimation by proponents saying it would make about 85 percent of abortions that are now legal illegal in the state uh but it is also different than the bill that did not get out of the legislature last year because there are now there's some disagreement about the application of these but there are exceptions for rape incest life-saving procedures clarifications that it doesn't apply to ectopic pregnancies in vitro fertilizations um and and some other procedures as well now it's interesting mark to look at so you're you're dealing with a different bill than last year so it's not apples to apples comparison but last year the bill didn't get out of committee in this fashion there had to be a pull motion to get it out they did not get the vote in the committee to get them out it did eventually get out into onto the legislative floor it failed there. It was just short of getting the votes that it needed. This year, you're dealing with a slightly different bill. You're dealing with a different legislature. The personnel, obviously, that's voting on this. And you've is got going the Supreme Court ruling well. that came out last summer. And uh, yes, and you're, that's, a, that's a great point. You were only dig- dealing with it as like a trigger law last year. Right. This year, it would be, and that, that's a very good point, too. And so it's, I mean, bottom line, I'm, I'm reciting all these differences, so I don't know what you can even glean from the way that this has went in the past. I did, you know, I did tend to think, just from trying to take the temperature of the, uh, the, of, of politi- of, 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 uh, the political nature of the state, right now I always kind of thought when the Supreme Court decision would make would eventually do this if and when they eventually did it it would pretty quickly lead to action by the legislature on it and it didn't help happen in a special session still think you know it there's a good chance it does happen here but its opponents are going to be i mean there there is a lot of motivation from its opponents to stop it 
using whatever means necessary under the legislative rules to do that. There's going to be, I, I think, a lot of discussion about continuing to amend it because there wasn't a lot of that in the committee setting with this one. And by the end, Mark, I think this will come up again, same way that it did last year. Just you're, you're talking one, two votes. That is going to be the margin on this thing yeah, from it, at least avoiding the filibuster. Right. But the you, the legislature is just a little more conservative numbers wise yes. at this this year than and, it was. And maybe that's and, and maybe that's enough. Yeah, to get and, this one and we'll have to see what the final version ends up being. Um, but yeah, the yeah, that's the other thing is, I, uh, like I was saying, I think there'll be a pretty significant. There'll be discussions about some pretty significant amendments. I think some of the opponents held off a, a little bit on that in committee to wait to do it while I was on the floor of the legislature. Yep. So there you they've, go. They've got a little little bigger. Um, uh, what would you call it? A bigger audience possibility absolutely when, when it's on the you know yep. before the full legislature and, and there may be other reasons too but you're definitely right about that number three nebraska's casinos lincoln and grand island generated just over one and a quarter million dollars in tax revenue in january as we reported earlier uh, just over eight hundred thousand here of that came from lincoln's warhorse casino uh yeah so how much? What percentage did you say? Uh, well, there's came about, from about came from Warhorse. Eight, just over eight hundred thousand of the one point two million. So okay. about uh, two thirds of it. Um, and it was it was two point eight million total in two thousand twenty two, I believe, and they they opened in the fall. So so it's you're trending. Yeah, you're, you're trending in a a lot of revenue. A and you're not you're not even completely. You have the the full doors open for everything. Well, right. correct. As we said when we were talking about this early earlier, you you go to the warhorse right now and they're in a transition into construction. And they've got about the full just facility over what, and just over four hundred slot machines. Like you kind of you if you're going there there you're not really going because of the the ambiance and the you know and the no, building going, and anything you're going else. for the entertainment factor of that, gambling yeah that's that's all it is that I'm, won't always be the case they it, they eventually will have it so it you see it on the road and you're like oh that looks like a fun place to go looks like a good place to get something to eat right that looks like all of those things and so that's going to be a big jump statewide there's going to be a big jump because eventually you're going to have facilities open in several other towns right now you've only got two of them you're going to have more of those um, and so this is that that number is going to really swell during the course yep. of the year. I, I mean, I, I like to look at what the local uh, numbers are. And it was just over a hundred thousand each to the city and county. So okay. we'll, we'll that's that's the easiest one for me to measure uh, in in total. And so. then statewide money goes to property tax relief, general fund, compulsive gaming assistance fund. Um, those are the uh, those are the things that yeah, there's five are scheduled to benefit from that too. Five recipients of these tax revenues. But and, and and then the other thing to add on to it is they I think they hope still hope I haven't heard anything different that a month from now or less than a month from now uh, on premises you're going to be able to do sports wagering as well. How much does that drive? Does that bring in a new crowd that hasn't been there yet to play the table games right. and those sorts? And of, slot especially machines. if you have to. Bet in person on the on the sports gaming. Do you have a nice enough place that you do that yeah, sports gaming and you hang out? That's out a there? great point. What, that- what what kind of environment is it to where it's 
yes, right now you've got you've got the you slot machines to watch and some the of the stuff out right? there. But yeah. is it a place where you go? Oh, it's guys' weekend or it's girls' night? Like, what are you? It's just it, it becomes a destination. Place. It's not. Uh, uh, it's not there yet. This isn't a criticism of it. This is what happens when you when you build a new place. But that it's just not a it's not a destination because of anything other than the gambling. Right. right. Now. So, It'll be interesting to see if any of this plays into the discussions now in the legislature to open up uh, betting on in-state ga- games. Right. Well, I've already somebody's brought it up. It's, it's been, up there. It's I'm been just, brought up. I don't just, know if whether yeah. the, the revenue issue is going to also be uh, factored into well, some of those discussions. I'll it tell should you what, be. I d- I'll tell you what. I still do think there are real social costs to doing this to going forward with this. Um, I hope. I, I, I hope that these revenues at the state, at the local level, level have some real tangible benefits to a whole lot of people if we are going to take that you know take the bad with the good with this whole thing because i do think you're taking a risk with it and i i'm glad they're going more of a measured approach than some states have with this but i'm interested in you know whatever it ends up being mark and and who knows what it'll be statewide after you're really operating i mean if you're getting what one one and a quarter million dollars a month right now. Extrapolate that over twelve months. And you're always talking about fifteen million bucks. And as we said, this is the low end of what you're gonna be getting. Probably gonna be more once you got more casinos running, once you got them all finished. I mean you're probably gonna double that, I would think, at least. Oh, maybe quad maybe quadruple that. I would think this that's whole thing. Very possible. Um and so let's see what that actually does. Let's see what that really does in terms of property tax relief, right? And let's look let's at see se- what that really does in terms of locality, and see what seasonal uh, uh, differences are. Yeah, you would think summer would be better. Summer would be better, and then in the sports gambling thing, you think fall would be better than yep. everything else. So. All right, interesting stuff there. Number two. Speaking of sports, Jazz Shelley uh, had twenty six. Isabel born at a double double. Nebraska. Put the hurt on number twenty-five, Illinois. <laughs> Women out t- on top, ninety to fifty-seven. And this is why it may be a good idea not to bet on sports. Not that you were able to bet on this anyway, but out of nowhere, when Nebraska women's basketball just seems like they have been struggling in games you wouldn't expect them to struggle in, they go in and blow the doors off. The surprise hot team in the Big Ten hmm. just blow the doors off them. On the road, the same team that really kind of devastated them in Lincoln just a matter of days ago. Yeah. And it makes no sense whatsoever other than this Nebraska team has shown when they're at the top of their game, which they haven't been able to get to consistently, but when they're at the top of their game, they can absolutely play with the best teams in the nation. Mm -hmm. In the nation, because you've got them in your conference. And uh, evidence of that? Beat Maryland by uh, what? Almost twenty on right at, around at New their Year's. place. At their place, had a had a shot at beating Iowa at their place. At their place, took, it was a four point difference. Took at the Indiana end. to overtime at their place, and now Illinois on the road. All those games, by the way, on the road. Yes. What is the deal? Very very scary team. <laughs> you to, are to, there. to play. <laughs> I guess <laughs> so. Uh, but the the one constant, and this isn't just a Nebraska thing. This is kind of across the sport. But if you can find a way to get good looks at the basket and make them, and control your turnovers, that's really been Nebraska's problem. They'll have stretches where they'll get good looks and just cannot hit anything. They that, got they got good looks. They found a way to get Jazz Shelley comfortable. 
being able to shoot off the pass instead of having to handle the ball into her shot so much. And I think that that's a big part. If you can get Jazz Shelley rolling, the rest of the team kind of follows along. You'll start to get Callan Hake hitting some shots. Izzy Bourne hits some. Uh, Alexis Markowski gets comfortable. And they ran the floor really well last night, too. That, that was a big part, getting through some of the press that that Illinois was throwing at them. That's been an issue. When teams get physical, throw a little bit of pressure on them. Nebraska hasn't handled it well. They handled it extremely well and made it an advantage for them last night. Caleb, guess, I don't know if you've looked at this, guess what uh, the women's NET rankings we've been talking about with the men. I have not looked at the women's at all. I've got it in front of me. They're 44. Jeez, 43. (laughs) 43. Um, there we go. I think that game, so you went, you take care of business at home against Northwestern, and I don't know if I don't know if you've got to win one in the tourney or not, but I think they're, oh, I mean, they were on the outside looking in, according to some bracketologists. That one's got to put them close to safe, I would think. Yeah, it's got to. Now you I mean, want to improve your seed. If you, and if you go one and done to Big Ten, you don't want to leave it to chance. You're going to. But if you win Northwestern, you get one in the tourney, you're in. You're, yeah. I mean, you're in at that point. Yeah, I think I think you're you're in a very very good spot now. I would much rather close out the regular season with a win against Northwestern, get two in the tournament, put yourself into the semifinals. You're definitely in. Forty three. I mean, listen, the men are at what in the nineties, ninety two, so, ninety three range. And the, the, when we look at the team in the forties in the men's bracket, we're like, oh yeah, they're probably in if they're mm-hmm. from a power conference. So. We'll see. It'll be interesting, and that pairing in the in the Big Ten tournament will be one that is going to be a lot of eyes on that. That's going to be significant. But yes. they're going to be they're obviously getting a first round bye. They're not going to play in the bottom four, but there's kind of a break between them and the top half. There of the is conference. The, the world looks a lot better right now for Nebraska women's basketball than it did 24 hours ago. Yeah. Right. Number one, Microsoft ready to take its new Bing chatbot mainstream. Less than a week after making some major fixes to stop the AI search engine from literally going off the rails, uh, they say they're bringing the AI technology to the Bing smartphone app, as well as the app for the Edge internet browser, though you still have to sign up for a wait list before using it. But this would put them uh, technically in a heated race with Google be if they have it on the mobile device already. And, and here's my question. I don't deny I'll know this, and I'm sure it'll be a regular part of what I do in some way, shape, or form in the coming years. But I messed around with a chat GPT bot, Caleb and I both did, and mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. It was interesting at the moment, just to see what it is. I don't really have a reason I want to use it regularly now. Well, we don't, we don't have a real-world application Other than screwing around with it. Yeah. Sort of like Pokemon. <laughs> Screw around with it for about a day and a half and then say, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> Oh, what, you mean the Pokemon app? Yeah, yeah like the had, Pokemon yeah, the, Go? Yeah. Pokemon Go, yeah. yeah. People don't talk about that as much anymore, do they? <laughs> like, if it's on my phone, I just don't know exactly what I'll do what I'll do with it and how I'll use it. I'm right. not saying there are no uses. I just don't have my mind around that yet at this point. So Yeah, if I get shown a use, something that can make, maybe it makes work a little bit easier. Maybe there's, there's a, a hobby that becomes more fun because of it. I don't know. Just right now, there's not that. Other than like writing a speech or a paper for me that I'm going to have it do the whole thing, which seems inappropriate. So. Right, because then I'm going to look at it and go, okay, well, I want to change this. I want to change that. It's yeah. like, I should have just wrote it anyway. Otherwise, I still have no reason not to just Google things instead of go to that. Right. 
All right, uh, 7.55, that is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400 KLIN. All right, coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, Robin Eshleman, Dave Alvers is going to be in the Grow Lincoln team. New restaurants, retail businesses, hopefully opening and not closing. At 8.35, we will have Greg Sharp, voice of the Big Red, going to talk about his trip out to San Diego to watch Nebraska baseball get on the struggle bus, frankly, and hopefully change that around with their series this weekend against South Alabama. And don't forget, tomorrow it is back. Request line Friday here for you. I don't know. We haven't talked about it much, Caleb, so we probably don't have a ton of requests, but it's wide open for you. Whatever you want. No genre on this thing. Uh, just jump in and tell us the songs you want to hear tomorrow. We'll I'm probably going to make mine food-related. You, oh, you still are. Yeah, we may we may go officially that next Friday. Okay, a week from Friday. So I, I just I don't know how that'll turn out. I, I just have to think I'll just play it, a lot so. of cake. That's true. Maybe we do. Maybe we do do that <laughs> for a week, but not. We'll do uh, just general this okay. week. Okay, it's eight o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 8-11. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. And it is time to talk to Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, our commercial real estate team who keep their ear to the ground. What's going on with retail, restaurants, businesses, and more? They give us the latest news. Every week, you wonder about that new building going up. They've usually got the info on that. And so it is time to welcome in Robin Eshelman to Dave Albers, the Girl Lincoln team. Robin, Dave, good morning. How were the uh, how are the streets coming in today? Much better than yesterday afternoon. Okay. Yes. That is good to hear. I agree. Nobody took a spill at any point, I'm hoping, either, on a sidewalk or driveway. No, it's, just no. be, be a, sensible. A lot of people who did. I saw several people uh, at my office building being a little uh, nervous in their walk to their vehicle when it came 6, 7 o'clock. All right. Well, uh, be, be, continue still still uh, throughout the day today. Hopefully the sun will kind of, we get into the teens, even the sun will help uh, make that not quite as slick. But got got another day or so, a couple of days of this, and then we're going to warm back up on Saturday with some, some sunny skies and get back to that spring-like weather. So that will be very nice to see. Uh, hey, real quick before we start with your stuff, I was excited because I thought I was going to have this breaking story for you guys, and then I see the Journal Star got to it before I was able to on uh, on Thursday with you, so I should have said early, but the mini bowling is open. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was going to tell you. That yes. I, I, dro- I just drove by it like three days ago, and they yep. had just opened. I don't, it looked like they had, that was one of the first few days. And so Bob and Willie's Wonder Bowl <laughs> at 84th and Van Dorn, right. roughly, uh, at the Scooters Fairway, little mini mall there, Finally. Is, is open, and you can go mini bowling now. And then the, the Journal Star happened to do a piece on it, uh, I assume Olberding did, here in this morning's paper. So It's well, been so long, nobody even remembers what used to be there anymore. <laughs> oh, Dinos. I'll never forget Dinos, but yes. Uh, I was going to bring that up uh, to you because... I drove by there. I saw the now open sign, and I go, "Jack's got to know." I know. I kind of. I kind. I'm really curious. I'm, I'm for some reason really curious about this. So I'll probably try that out sooner than later for a little 
family time entertainment. So I don't know how good I'm going to be at mini bowling, but hopefully better than at real bowling. Well, maybe it's not all about the bowling. Yeah, well, they serve food and drinks and, and all go. kinds of other things. So maybe I'll be checking that out. So we got that uh, open, and uh, let's get into everything else that you guys have today for us. And, Robin, we are going to start with you. South 48th and Nebraska Parkway. Uh, apparently, we've got some uh, news there at the Center Place Mall. What do we have? At Center Place Mall, Shara sent us a press release about two retailers that just opened there. Same owner owns both of them. Makes sense when you hear it. Worry-free home care and right fit uniforms, which has scrubs and apparel. So, makes sense. You mm-hmm. start a home home visit business and you outfit your employees with your own store instead of paying someone else. Yep, absolutely. Good idea. So and right a lot there. of people like to wear scrubs just as clothing. For fun. For fun. Yes. Do they? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see. Are you sure they're just not coming home from work and stopping at the grocery store on the way home from work? Well, they could be, but as often as I see All right. them, All right, I, I don't think so. It must still, be a thing. I still feel like sweatpants would be more comfortable. It's that's the way I roll. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Uh, all right, well, there you go, uh, Dave. Some news at kind of in the uh, the same areas I was talking about earlier, but just a bit further east. Correct. Ninety fourth and uh, and Van Dorn here. What do we got going on yeah, there? We got asked this question uh, about a week ago. About a week ago. Uh, so. Uh, What's going on out there at, at 94th and Van Dorn? It's a Kenoyer, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, Garden Center. And by the way, it is uh, quite a facility that they are that they're they have out there. You know those science fiction movies where they create <laughs> a place, a, a garden center to grow plants for the entire world, and and it just it goes on for acres, or yeah. or maybe it looks like something they imported from Innovation Campus. I mean, this is a massive. Check this out. I've never seen one this big. Rob, Rob's imagination is grander than mine. <laughs> no, that's that's true. This is not just some little hut at night. For this thing is yeah. huge. So, and Kenoyer actually is a. Uh, they've got locations in other. They've got in uh, Iowa, Iowa and, yeah, and in uh, Papillion. Papillion as well. So, so I didn't know that, but um, yeah, that's they're they're getting going things on this thing. Employment opportunities on their website as well, and apparently uh, getting ready here. I wonder if my I wonder if my mom and my wife know about this. They'd be very. This is uh, right up there. Well, I was going to say this isn't. Uh, this would be reasonably easy for uh, yeah for your gang they, to go out and, and trust me. We're purchase about, a plant. We're about two months away from yes. getting hot and heavy into the garden centers. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, at at uh, at their their houses, include which one of them is my house too. There All you right. go. Uh, South Point, uh, Robin, what do we have at South Point? Okay, let me butcher this name. Ikasaka Ramen and Azakia <laughs> applied for a Class C liquor license at 2820 Pine Lake Road. This is the former Valentino's next door to the brand new cookie place. Wait, is that two restaurants or one? That's one. I think it's all one. Okay. Yes. Right. right. Yeah, they've got a couple. They've got another concept coming to South Point, I think, in a different building. Yeah, this one would be the... Igasaka Ramen and Izakaya. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Gateway. 
Uh, Dave, what can you tell us about uh, Gateway? Apparently, we've got some news there. Yeah, well, we had uh, a fan, uh, Alex Anderson, alert us that the new part of Dillard's is open in the old Yonkers, and the old entrance is closed. Looks like that part is being remodeled. Uh, I can tell you that my wife went uh, to this new uh, store, and she enjoyed it and said uh, that it is really nice and feels like it's going to be, you know, a, a competitor to some of the other department stores around town the nicer ones it's yeah. gonna be big i mean it's yeah. already they got a lot of they've they've had they've been around for a long time but they've had a lot of space and uh this will add on to what's already a really big sort of floor layout there for dillard's yeah they've yeah. basically doubled their first floor um i what i remember the folks you went there too the didn't mall. you Robin? yeah i yeah. did they are were, they, they by were, the way are they connected in any way is there a connection from one to the other through the walls yeah. yeah oh okay so they add i, I see what you mean yeah they All just right. cut right through because you would have had to go out otherwise before that into the little play area where where caleb's hanging out with his daughter there <laughs> past that. yeah now you can pass through and well, I, hallelujah we don't have to see caleb <laughs> <laughs> i know that's their go-to when it's really cold outside so yes. i know chad the man manager out at Gateway told us that they're decommissioning the third floor at Dillard's. So basically what they're uh, doing is take, you know, moving more of their space to a street level, which makes total sense. You know, that's it's a really good move. All right. Uh, yeah. Interesting. A department, you know, kind of a department. I still sort of feel like I'll go there for for certain things. But I also I still feel like when I go to those places, I'm in a little bit of a time warp still uh, going to Dillard's and, and that sort of thing. It really makes me feel like the the 80s for some reason. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it kind is. of retro. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, national retail news. What yeah, do we have uh, for that? We got some news here about some of the chains that are in our own city. Um, Bed Bath & Beyond dodged closing in Lincoln. There was um, a whole bunch of stores around the country That's that, right. that got yeah. closed. Um, but on a corporate level, Bed Bath & Beyond in some trouble. They missed a pretty important interest payment on bonds, like at $1.2 billion of those. They, they are in debt. They aren't in bankruptcy yet, but they have received a NASDAQ delisting warnings. Things not not looking real good. I'm pulling for them to stay open. That one on South Point is often a go-to for me late in the Christmas season when I'm like, okay, I got to find something, something. for some, And that is, that's sort of a gold mine. You for always me when can. You, yeah, it seems like. I have. I feel like so many Christmases I've gone there <laughs> at, at the height of my desperation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and ended up finding some Something. sort of some sort of like chair massager situation <laughs> or you know. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm I'm uh, I have apparently similar pattern as you do, and yes. I noticed the number of single guys roaming around trying to figure <laughs> like something out 90 percent of my trips into that store is i have got to find a gift and i have no idea what i'm getting <laughs> yeah that's generally why i'm going and, you know as part of their throw everything against the wall strategy you know a lot of this debt is remodeling and that new store at south point that is pretty nice in there yeah. i mean it was tired it needed oh some... really they've cha- i didn't even oh, realize they that have, yeah i mean they 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 they, the they smashed the building covenants to smithereens with the exterior signage, completely redid the inside. 
Um, I yeah, don't know how I missed that. It might I, be. I if it was too little, too late. It was still. They did a good job. Okay. Um, oh, and, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, that that's kind of some sad news. But we also uh, have found out, you know, that publicly traded retailers currently have about a three point three percent chance of default. But stores with only internet and direct marketing, their default rate is almost three so, times that at nine percent. So what you're saying is this is not the demise of brick and mortar. No, that's, is what you're saying. Yeah. A three percent failure rate is pretty low. Yeah, yeah. and this yeah. and this is according to uh, CBRE, which is a national commercial real estate. And then and then I guess just to add to that, I know you guys have been tracking some of the national numbers when it comes to just. Retail store closures nationwide as well. There were 50% less retail store closures nationwide in 2022 than there were in 2021. 50% fewer closures. Of those stores that did close, 29% of them were clothing stores. Hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's because not people are shocking because people are wearing scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good callback. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it's still though, listen, I I definitely can be an online. I will air shopping online sometimes, um, but still for clothes, I'm almost always for the most part, unless I know what it is and I've seen it somewhere and I'm going online to find it. I'm discovering what I'm going to get in yeah. person almost every time. It's got to fit. I mean, I'm a high fashion guy, so you know <laughs> right. I don't know if that what what the deal with that is. But yes, that's yeah. that's uh, the case with me. I know. You know, just like having some idea if it's looking at it if it's going to fit, even if you don't right. try it on, that feels holding, like a big even deal. To holding me. it up to yourself. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and just being able to touch it and be able to tell is this going to itch? Well, yes, right. Uh, Find yes, out about 100%. the material. Yeah. A hundred percent. Having said that, the vast majority of my clothes are given to me as gifts. Yeah. Uh, you know. And then there are some uh, national retail businesses that are doing very, very, very well. Yeah. Uh, Dollar General just opened up their 19,000 store. That's crazy. Well, they're everywhere. I mean, they're they're really taking over in in a lot of the small towns, small communities. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's basically a general store yes. for them i mean it it has a little bit of everything yeah uh, and you know what they're testing in the rural areas in tennessee right now they are testing offering more healthcare products um lab work and vaccines in their stores really which you think it's like, well, okay that's a stretch that really sounds off brand but these are stores in rural areas where medical services are lacking and right. you know sure. if you've been out on a road trip in the united states you know there's a dollar general yeah it you know it's it's a, a couple of times i think of that we we go out we've gone a couple of times out to this lake in iowa with my brother and sister-in-law and it's crazy because there's no there's no grocery stores really in the area there's nothing there's like there's gas stations if you want to go get some snacks or drinks but you got to go to the next town over and the only thing there is a dollar general yeah and yeah. i and, and i remember talking to him i was like you guys got to just have to be overrun with people going to the lake here at this place and and they are but there isn't any place else in there it's a grocery store it's a grocery right. store it's it's got everything there that you need. I know, you know, I know Hickman has one right as you, yes, you drive do. into town, too, that I'm sure gets very well patronized. And remember, they were 
they were deemed essential services during mm-hmm. the pandemic because yeah. they yeah. did have everything for the rural people. Yes. Yeah, the the whole medical thing that you know that you could argue that that's off brand, but you know, like like this um, Carly Iacono from CBRE that was talking about this nationally said, you know, at least they're trying to be innovative. Well, they, they aren't just sitting around waiting you, to be the next. Right. If I were victim. them, I wonder if they are leaning into or wish they could get away from their branding as Dollar General. This perception of being the old everything is a dollar store mm-hmm. right like i wonder if that because it's all two does bucks the, now, does that or five but, but that's not at all what they do at those places anymore i mean it's just a regular i mean i still dollar tree is kind of like that but it's dollar it's general I, name I still, now but i yeah. wonder if they, they want to lean into or get away from that marketing of the whole thing that would be i'd be curious to hear their thoughts on that uh real quick this saturday you guys are on the air what are we going to do the military and Nebraska's economy. Dr. Eric Thompson has a full report on what impact it has. Also, what is a natural resources district? You've probably seen something about that on your ballot when you vote, but you didn't know what it was or how you ought to vote. So, so you just marked little, the name that sounds the right. Coolest. So if it sounded familiar, okay, so we're going to actually educate a little bit. All right. NRD talk on a Saturday NRD. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, Robin and Dave. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week all right uh four degrees in the capital city wind chill 14 below take a break for sports next on klin find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does what he says touchdown nebraska it's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the huskers greg sharp brought to you by bryant air conditioning heating electrical and plumbing all right yes voice of the big red host of sports nightly it's Greg Sharp joining us right now. Now, Greg, I, when I got a chance a couple of times, I turned on the uh, the video that the West Coast Conference provided of those those games in San Diego. It didn't look overly warm there for the most part. How was San Diego? It was in the low 60s, and then you know, two of the games we played at night, so it was probably mid 50s mm. for those games. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't balmy. Now we're headed to Mobile, Alabama later today, and it's going to be in the Mid upper seventies there for there the weekend we series of South Alabama. That's that's much better. There, there we go. Um, well, I, I mean, I I think a lot of us were paying attention to those games this weekend, and obviously the the team and and the fans are are kind of bummed out about how it went. I mean, obviously just just paying attention to it where I didn't necessarily see the whole thing, but I listened to a lot of it beginning of the series it was missed opportunities offensively that you didn't you didn't uh sort of complete when you had the chance and then it was the back end of the the pitching especially in the second two days of it going beyond that give me what you learned about this team over the first four games yeah it was disappointing uh, to not at least win one of those games and they were in position to win a couple of them and and you know just to not be able to finish it off was was very disappointing. I think Will Bolt used words like atrocious and abysmal. And I mean, I, I think in, in yesterday he met with the media and was asked about the pitching, and he just said he didn't feel like they were very competitive at times. And so I, I think they're all befuddled by some of that. I think there certainly were some bright spots. I, I do think this is going to be a good offensive team. Uh, I think they've really added some nice bats to the lineup. I was really impressed, Jack, with. Dylan Carey, the true freshman third baseman from Colorado, I, he had a tremendous weekend. Homer twice uh, played really well defensively at third base. I think he's gonna he's gonna be a star. I really liked him. Charlie Fisher, the Southern Miss transfer, who played some left field and first base. I think he's gonna swing the bat really well. So I think this will be a good 
team offensively. And I, I, you know, I think they'll figure out some pitching stuff. But it was just disappointing to see some veteran guys like Shea Shanneman and Mason Ornelas, who've been good in the past, yeah. not come through when they needed them to, particularly in the Monday finale. Yeah, because that when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and and at least I I saw I looked at that bullpen roster. I said, man, that's an at, at least at very least it's an experienced bullpen at the top end of it, and that's why I was so surprised. This probably speaks a little bit though to the depth of experience that you've got in the bullpen too, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, and one really bright spot, and he he just threw it. I think an inning and a third was Lincoln East. Yes, Wordley. He I saw he came in. Job. I was so excited. I didn't know how. I didn't know what his kind of usage would be this year. But I was thrilled to see that. And he did a great job. And so that's what may happen. Is you know you start the year with the guys that you know more, and if they don't get it done, then you move it down the line and say, okay, let's go, young freshman. So I, you know. I think they'll get this figured out. You very, very rarely do you play four games in a weekend, so you really get stressed, and you have to kind of approach it a little differently. This weekend, we're back to the three. I thought Emmett Olson threw pretty well on the Friday start. Jace Kaminska, the transfer from Wichita State, who started the Saturday game, was pretty solid as well. They're going to be able to stretch out and pitch a little bit more with each outing, and so that they can get it to the sixth or seventh, you don't need that bullpen quite That's as much. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's one. That's one bit of an antidote of, with, with a struggling bullpen is have some starters that are really solid and just narrow down the innings that are needed right. from the bullpen. What do you think? Obviously, you know, you don't three losses and a tie. You don't want on the record. But what will this matchup? What do you think San Diego looks like the rest of the year? How can you gauge kind of just how good of uh, I guess good of losses these will actually be on the on the roster or on the schedule? Yeah, I think they're okay. Um, I think time will tell. I think they're picked second in the West Coast Conference behind Gonzaga. They won that tournament last year and got the automatic bid, and they actually beat Vanderbilt in the regional uh, in a game last June. So I, I think they're okay. Um, time will be the ultimate judge. Sure. I don't think they're awesome. I think their pitching's okay. I think we'll see much better pitching. They had a couple guys in that lineup that were really good. I'm not sure we'll see many hitters better than some of their prime guys. So uh, time will tell. I think they're okay, not great. And that's why it's really disappointing to not at least get one win while we were out there. Yeah, and it does seem like, Greg, and you'll remember this better than I do, um, there have been plenty of plenty of seasons where Nebraska has gotten going early, uh, sometimes going to a warmer weather climate and a team that's been practicing outside more. And, and I know this was the case last year. Um, where you, you kind of started off a, a little bit slow, uh, with the schedule that you had. I know those years you went up to Oregon State to start things. That would happen too. Um, there have been, there have been seasons, obviously, and I, I think it's ridiculous to talk about having an overall feel on what the season is just from one series, but this hasn't been totally out of the ordinary for this program too, to, to go up to, to the south or to the west and have a rough first weekend. Not at all. I mean, last year Nebraska started one and six. That's right. Weekend. So yeah, that TCU you know, series, right? The second one. Exactly. Oh, that's right. Got, yeah, got swept by them, and after losing three out of four to Sam Houston State, so you know it's not unusual. You, it's, it's you're in a tough spot in this sport because you have to play decent competition early to build up your RPI, but mm-hmm. then you're in the danger of getting yourself in a hole where you got to really climb up uphill to just get back to 500. It's such a difficult thing. I, I remember Darren had a team that started 0-7 one year. They went to, like you said, surprise and didn't win there, and then they went to Texas and got swept. And So, this, yeah, this, this happens a lot in this, this sport, particularly from the northern schools, when you're playing, constantly playing schools from warm weather. 
it, there is a little bit of a disadvantage for you, but what do you do? You need to try to play good teams to get your build your resume up a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking back at like 2017. They started two and seven. That's when they got went to College of Charleston, didn't do particularly well, and had a tough series with Long Beach at the beginning of the year. Yep. And that was a team that went to a regional. So. Um, yeah, it's not, it, uh, it's certainly, certainly something that can still be turned around, but they're going to have to kind of improve their play here pretty significantly. Um, tell me, tell me what, you know, what's the, what's the South Alabama series going to look like? How do they compare, for instance, against a team like San Diego that they played this first weekend? They're okay. I think they're probably very similar in a lot of ways. I think the talent wise would be similar. You know, it, it was interesting as you're sitting there and you're kind of comparing San Diego to Nebraska. And you're going overall roster. Nebraska is the more talented team, but just couldn't get some key outs. And and you know you look back at those four games, Jack. It was game one. It was four to three in the bottom of the eighth. Nebraska yeah. gave up three, lose seven three. It's tied three all Saturday night in the eighth. They lose five three. They led eight to two in the Sunday game at one point. They led sixteen to ten in the Monday game with three outs to go. So. It's not like they were that far off from winning a couple of those games, but they just have to flip the script and find a way to win. And, you know, I think it's probably been a soul-searching week for the, for the players and the staff, and it's a quick turnaround, too, because they played Monday, and now here they're traveling in today to play tomorrow night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think, what, three out of the four games that they really got going offensively, whether they were getting yeah. runs out of it or not, but they were going. They had guys on base really early in the game. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully that's a good harbinger for the offense is that you just need to convert on more of the and you know, and they put up what twenty five runs in the last two games too. So that's right. that's uh that's something maybe to take as a as a silver lining. So South Alabama, by the way, those games, uh Friday night, six thirty here on KLIN, and then Saturday will be two o'clock, and then Sunday will be one o'clock, and then uh after that Nebraska will head out to Minneapolis to take on a tough schedule there. My goodness, Greg Greg, this schedule for the uh, that uh, I know the were, that's kind of why these two series are really important because you're facing two of the best teams in the nation, in, at least in Minneapolis, right? Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Ole Miss won the whole thing last year, and Vanderbilt certainly has been a perennial power in the sport. So, mm-hmm. And I guess what Minneapolis is getting, like two feet of snow last night today. It's, it's, it'll be a fun place to drive through uh, the streets of Minneapolis next weekend. Yes, yeah. When you hear top five all-time snow in Minneapolis, you know uh, you're not screwing around with this whole thing. And then just so folks know, hopefully uh, we're going get, to get those home games going. Uh, well, we should have the snow melted. Greg Kenduey told me the forecast looks pretty good for early March, and so uh, you've got, what, man, like uh, five out of six days or six out of seven days. They're hoping to play at home starting on March 7th, right? Jack, we're 12 days from the home opener. Yeah. How about that? I think it's doable. I think it's doable yeah, with I, the forecast. I do, too. Yeah. yeah, I do, too. You know, and I think the key was getting rid of the nine-inch snow from last week. And I couldn't believe it when I got back in town on a Tuesday. I'm like, where'd the snow go? It was, <laughs> it was crazy how it melted that quickly. That's right. You were leaving. That's right. I forgot about that. You were leaving on that crazy day uh, last oh, Thursday, terrible. weren't you? It was terrible. It was one of the worst drives I've ever had going from Lincoln to Omaha to the airport that day. It was really, really rough. Jeez, glad it was. Uh, glad it was okay. Uh, all right, well let's let's turn the attention to a little bit of uh, basketball. We'll start with um, we'll start with the men, and it, they just keep chugging along, Greg. Since since we've last talked, and and that Maryland win again was one where it they they keep pulling it out. The crazy thing to me about this team, Greg, is 
that you started the year and you sort of shifted philosophy a bit in how you build the team and the style that you play and the type of guy that you're looking for on the team. It's just a complete, really a 180 from where they were the year before. Then you get these injuries to Bandamel and Gary, and you make another adjustment and you sort of go back to being a bit more of an offensive-focused team, and you at least run, you you have a different offensive philosophy, I guess, at very least, with this whole thing. That's the most amazing thing, and there's been a lot of talk about Fred, and there's been, right, in the four-year sample has not been good. The record has not been good. I think we all, everybody believes he's safe now at this point, but just this coaching season alone in a vacuum, it's pretty remarkable that you've been able to sort of shift identities uh, twice during the course of a season. It's such an incredible coaching job by Fred and that staff to have to remold their team because, yeah, they had it all set up to be, okay, we're going to be a hard-nosed defensive team, try to grind out wins, and then you lose two of your better defenders. So then you go, okay, well, we know Casey can shoot it, and we know Derek's a tough matchup for other teams, so now we need to try to become an offensive team and get it done. And to be able to flip that and manipulate the team to go that direction is just incredible. And I, it's it's been a blast to watch them play. I, I didn't get to see the Maryland game because we were calling baseball at the same time, but I did tape it, went back yesterday and watched it. And there's like five minutes to go in the game, and I'm like, wait a minute, we won? Because Maryland was up like eight or something. And I'm like, well, how, how? And so it was fascinating to watch how they were able to have some great possessions late, get a couple of key stops, and pull that thing out. That was just so much fun. I hope Husker fans, and I know they are, are enjoying the heck out of this team right yeah. now. Yeah, I, 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 I certainly am kind of living in that moment right now. We'll see where where things go. The the crazy part about it, Greg, and maybe you've noticed this too, is there'll be little snapshots in the game where they'll have a they'll have a lineup in of guys, and and I say to myself, if you had told me in December that there would be a Big Ten game that's still in doubt, and they've had the, they'd have this lineup in. I wouldn't have believed you. It's just you know, it's like uh, it's like uh, Hoiberg, Breidenbach, uh, Lawrence, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Blaze Kada. They're all in at the same time, and so many of those guys have stepped up. It's cra- I mean, the Hoiberg thing is just crazy. The Sam Hoiberg thing is just crazy to go from the guy who's in a garbage time to really being the difference maker in the second half against one of the best offensive players in the entire conference. Uh, it's, it's like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, his instincts are great. He he just knows where to be. He knows how to read angles like a ball will come yes, off the backboard. And he point. knows where to get himself, or he knows he anticipates, okay, this guy's going to throw this pass right there, and I'm going to go <laughs> jump it and get it like he did at the end of the Maryland game. And that's just a kid that just grew up devouring everything basketball-wise. Yeah, so he just does that. and. It's so much fun to see him, and I'm so happy for him to be getting the chance to do this for this team. And what a special time for both he and his dad. I mean, that's just great that they're able to kind of go through this thing together. Yeah. Uh, 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 NIT is sort of the thing that I'm sort of thinking about and focusing on now. I think you probably got to um, gotta get two of the next three, and I think that actually sets you up pretty good for it. I don't know what you think about that, but it, what do you think the possibilities of that are, and then just how important, how, how would that kind of be looked at if Nebraska was able to do that this year? Well, I think there's some kind of possibility, and, you know, there, there's a couple of other tournaments as well. Besides the NIT, there's, I think it's a CBI, or there's mm-hmm. a couple of things that they could do to get themselves in. The NIT is interesting because a few years back, they went to this thing that if you win your conference, 
but then don't win your postseason tournament and you don't get invited to the NCAA. That's right. They hold you a spot. So you don't like know how auto many bid, those are basically. Gonna, those yeah. auto bids. So you don't know how many of those are going to get chewed up. And it's a 32-team field. So you could have 10 or 12 spots get chewed up like that. And then all of a sudden, the, the first eight bubble teams get the bids. And then your, your field's almost gone. So I, I do think postseason's in play. And I don't think it's just limited to the NIT. I think those... The CBI, and I can't think of the other one. CIT. Maybe CIT. CIT. Yep. There's a couple of those that they could get in. I think it would do this program well if they could play an extra game or two and get some more experience for the freshmen like Lawrence and, and even Denim Dawson, who I know hasn't played yeah. as much lately. But I think that would be beneficial for those guys to, to take part in something past the Big Ten tournament. Greg, and then once this season ends, it's just going to be me being nervous and hoping there's not news that Casey Tomonaga is leaving the program to go back and make some money in Japan, even though it would be hard to blame him. Um, well, yeah, it's... and that's a real possibility. It is. And, you know, I think he turned down an offer last summer uh, to come back and play. His ultimate dream is to play in the NBA. And I think he knows that by being here and playing college basketball here, that his exposure level is greater. But you know, money talks, and if he has a chance to go earn significant money, and, and there's, I think, a chance for him to do that back in Japan. Um, so, yeah, I I just don't want everybody to be blindsided if that does happen. Yeah. I don't know anything. He hasn't said anything, but I just I know, I know that is a possibility. Oh, it's on my radar. It's definitely on my radar. Do you know, and I don't know if you know about this a, a lot or not, but I know the visa sort of prohibits them from getting NIL money, but are there sure. are there ways around that that are still within the rules? I mean, do people can people go, uh, if he's in Japan in the offseason, can you do it that way? Are there Are you aware of other ways around that that they might be able to do some of those things? exactly what he can do and, and the women's team has done the same thing with jazz shelley and izzy Bourne. is when they went back home last summer they were able to do some photo shoots and type of things back in, in their native land and make some money off of that case they could do the same thing mm-hmm. my fear is if, if you let him go home yeah does he come back i mean that, that's that, true maybe kidnapping no i'm not <laughs> I'm just kidding people don't, well, don't take this seriously uh, I- Greg, I've been trying to to nail down the Japanese translation for one more year. My dream is we have <laughs> we have the entire PBA crowd and maybe with some signs with the Japanese characters on it and make him feel completely uh, loved and and uh, wanted by the section and maybe that'll go that'll go somewhere in in ter- terms of keeping him here. So that'll be a big that'll be a big off season discussion. And then I got to ask you, Greg. I don't. The, last night I was. I didn't have a chance to watch it or listen to it. I I turned on. I pulled up my Twitter at about nine thirty last night, and I saw the so- score of that Nebraska Illinois game, and I said, "What in the world? You now have a team in Nebraska women's basketball who has struggled with teams they definitely shouldn't have struggled with at home, and I'm sure they'd tell you that, but also a team that." blew the doors off of Maryland on the road, took Indiana to overtime, were within uh, two possessions of Iowa on the road, and now blew the doors off of Illinois, one of the hotter teams in the Big Ten and a ranked team. If you've got this team figured out, please explain it to me. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling that my last words on Sports Highway last night was, I, I think this is going to be a good night for Nebraska. I don't know why. They shot over 60%. Remember when they played Illinois a couple weeks ago at PBA, Nebraska was up eight or ten late third quarter, and then just and then went just ice cold in the fourth yeah. quarter. It was like a twenty nothing run for Illinois. So I felt like yeah. you know that's not going to happen again. So that was a big win. They still have a shot of making the NCAA tournament because that's another quad one win for them on the road. 
And I think, you know, as good as the league has been this year with teams in the top 10 in Indiana and Iowa and Maryland sneaking up there now, I think that's going to be a huge chunk of teams make the tournament. And I think, I think if they win their home finale this weekend with Northwestern and win one game in Minneapolis next week, I think they're going to hear their name called on Selection Sunday. I, Caleb and I tend to, we were talking about that, we tend to think the same thing too. And it looks like they're pretty much locked into that eight seed uh, and yeah. would very likely be playing Michigan State on day well, one. Well, and even if they lose, they'll be the nine seed, which is yes. the exact same Right, it would be the same. Slots. So there, I, I think maybe there's a chance it could change, but I think it's close to locked in is that it would be Michigan State, which is a team they beat in Lincoln. Um, and then with a winner of that facing the one seed. So it'd be Northwestern at home and then Michigan State at a neutral site. Games they would both be probably technically favored in. So, yeah, take care of business there, and I think they might be okay, Greg. And Michigan State's net, last I checked, I believe they're in the top 50. So that would yeah. be another quad one type win, neutral site. So, yeah, yeah you beat Northwestern on senior day. It, I hope there's a good crowd to say goodbye to Sam Hybe. She's had such a tremendous career for Nebraska. But yes. you take care of that, beat, beat Sparty, and I think they'd be in. Yes. And uh, the other time about Senior Day, we get uh, Derek Walker's fifth Senior Day on Tuesday. That is very exciting. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's the third time he's going to go through it, right? Yeah, it actually, that, he's got it he's going to have no, no more room for those uh, like those jerseys and plaques that they give you on Senior Day. He's going to have to. He's starting to get AARP mail. <laughs> uh, but I am going to miss the heck of him. Out of him, uh, he's just been so reliable, and I love it when he drives in and it looks like he's you know he's dead to rights and then he just does a little left-handed layup and somehow the big guys can't block it it's one of my most enjoyable things to watch hey great to talk to you greg uh safe travels uh as you go to alabama enjoy the nice weather and uh, let's get back at this thursday and hopefully talk about some wins all right sounds good guys thanks you go greg sharp you can hear him on the call for nebraska baseball coming up this friday first game at 6 30 all right we'll take a break we will wrap up the show after this on klin meteorologist malcolm byron You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, I didn't even talk about much badness today, but if uh, you're a little late on this, the bracket is up at KLIN.com. You can view it. You can print it out. You can put it on your refrigerator. I want to thank, we have had, Caleb, I want to say three, four, five, six people who have sent us in, tweeted us. Restaurants that they've tried for the first time. Yes. Uh, because That's what this of is much about. madness. I saw one. I'm trying to remember. I saw one for Tialetti's. I saw one for uh, Lila Mays. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple other that I'm not remembering right at the moment. So if you do do that, shoot us a tweet at LNK today. Or if you want to tag us on Facebook as well, we'd love to see where you're going. And, and exactly what Caleb said, that's what, that's what we want to do with this. We're really encouraging you to try those places out. If you want to vote for them, vote for them, but uh, see if you can get to as many of the 64 in the field that you've never been to before. Going to all 64 as hard as we proved last year with Johnny Cadillac, he did it. But yeah, maybe let's uh, do the ones that you've never been before and see if you can knock all of those out. Voting will start March 1st there, so you Next still Wednesday. have uh, a few more days before we actually get going on the voting, and then we'll start having eliminations. And just, just a reminder... By the way, I did get some confirmation yesterday. Yes. Legendary Red Rooster on Facebook shared the post. They do know they're in. Thank goodness. <laughs> no more text from Soresco, and now they got to get to their, their voting. That'll all happen, by the way, at KLIN.com. And then listen every day after that. Caleb's Sportscast will be the only place that you can hear results. 
So the very first results every day will be at just after 6.20. And then after 7.20, after 8.20, that's where you're going to hear all of the results. About 25 after is probably more accurate on that. And then tomorrow's Request Line Friday, and it is whatever you want. It's time to text those songs in. What do you want to hear tomorrow? Whatever you're in the mood for, text it in the Rickstein Recognition text line, and we're going to have a good time playing music on a Friday and getting you ready for the weekend and for the weather changing back to nice. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. 9 o'clock, KLIM Lincoln.